Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, again, I am so glad that you're here. My name's Chesney, and I'm the family ministry pastor here, and I want to welcome you as we continue our series called Wiser. And you may ask, why is it called Wiser? It's because we have been diving into the book of Proverbs over the past few weeks. And so Proverbs, if you don't know, was written by the wisest man that ever lived outside of Jesus. His name was Solomon. And so he wrote this book. And so we figure, hey, if we want to get wiser, maybe we should go to the wisest man that ever lived. And let's see what he has to say. And so we're encouraging everyone to read a chapter a day with us, if you would. You can pick up uh, right today in Proverbs chapter 1. And for 31 days, you can read and have finished the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs, uh, each chapter will take you about three to five minutes to read a day. And so we would encourage you to do that in order to get wiser along with us because God's Word is powerful and it helps us in our everyday lives. Well, I know that a lot of you probably are familiar with the Peanuts cartoons. Anybody grow up looking at those in a newspaper? A lot of us. And if not, you can obviously find those online. I'm talking about Charlie Brown and Snoopy and the gang. Well, I found one this week that kind of uh, reiterated a little bit and would set up what we're going to talk about today. Linus is Charlie Brown's best friend. And he has decided that since he's a little angry this day, he's a little tied up inside, as he would say, he's going to stand there and he's going to throw rocks into a vacant lot. And he turns to Charlie Brown and he says, hey, uh, this rock is for everyone that hates kids. And he picked up another rock from his pile and he said, this rock is for all the people that hate dogs. And he picked up another one and he said, this one is for all the lies and the broken promises. And he matter of factly turns to Charlie Brown and says, do you have any requests? <laughs> Wouldn't it be fabulous if we could just throw rocks into a vacant lot to get rid of our anger? Wouldn't it be awesome if we could just hit a punching bag or maybe throw a few pillows in order to diffuse what is that can erupt out of us so many times? And so today we're going, we are going to, again, look into the book of Proverbs to get us on this path of taming our temper. And so that's what we're going to be looking at today. I know some of us uh, have a temper that may be um, shown uh, outwardly. You, when you get angry, people know. Or maybe when you get angry, only your insides know, okay? Because you, you press it in and you hold it in. And so we're going to be talking about a little bit about each side of those today, wherever you fit. But I wanted to give you some stats today to kind of set up maybe where we are in the room here. And maybe you can identify with one of these as well. The statistics say that most men, the average man, okay, so you may fit into this category a little less or a little more, but the average man loses his temper six times a week, okay? So maybe you can identify with that. 
Uh, the statistics say that women lose their temper about three times a week, okay? So maybe you're a little more, a little less. Some of you are like, that's just day one, you know? So I, I get it, I get it. Some of you may be single adults in the room, and this is very interesting. Statistics say that single adults lose their temper twice as much as married adults, okay? So that's very interesting. Uh, oddly enough, women get more angry at people, and men tend to get more angry at things, okay? Like the machine, the lawnmower that will not work, or the golf club that will not work, right? Those kinds of things. And so men, yeah, I've been on the golf course with Danny and saw him throw a golf club, and I'm like, dude, it's not the golf club, okay? <laughs> but I didn't say that, okay? So I, I learned along the way what to say and what not to. Uh, men tend to be more physical with their anger. Uh, women tend, uh, you know, to show their anger probably more at home. And so I don't know about you, but I can identify with one or all of these things in my life. So I want to show you what Proverbs uh, 16 and 32 says as we're going to set this up today. And it says this, it is better to be slow-tempered than what? Wow. It's better to have self-control than to control the what? Wow. We were having connect group this week, and I have a couple of military guys in my uh, connect group. And uh, one of them told me that they had seen a general just command a whole army just with a still voice, just a quiet voice. And I'm like, that is so amazing. I think that's probably what the writer is talking about right here, that we can instill anger or instill, I'm sorry, fear into people and have them have control over them, or we can, and, and therefore losing our temper and those types of things, or we can have control. And so we're gonna be talking about that today. I don't think that we have to learn this, do we? It's almost just like in us, like we're born with it. I know my son Drew, he's four, and when he was two and three, and if we would tell him no, you could assume that there was gonna be a tantrum on the floor. You, could, you, you might find yourself being hit, right? Some of you with toddlers, you know how, to that, how that is, and so we're at two and three trying to show them how to redirect anger and what is appropriate to do and what's not when we're angry. And then I know that for me, growing up, my sister and I got into more trouble fighting and losing our temper against one another than anything else. I distinctly recall running through the house away from her because she had a knife in her hand. No joke. It was a steak knife. Like, I don't know if she was gonna saw me in half or I don't know what it was. And I remember one time I was doing my homework and I had a pen in my hand and she said something and I lost my temper and I kind of flung it at her like a Chinese star. And I mean, that sucker just went right in her leg and just stayed there. It was amazing. <laughs> and she reminds me frequently how she still has a scar from the pin that I pierced into her leg. I don't even know how that happened, but it, I wish it would have been on video. Danny and I, you know, when I get kind of in a discussion with him, you know, as pastor would say sometimes, and we lose our anger, he thinks it's kind of funny when I'm mad. I don't know if some of you husbands are like that with your wives or your significant others. It's not funny, okay? It's not funny. In fact, it makes me more mad. It's like the worst country song ever, you know? So just stop that, okay? When we're mad, we want you to be mad along with us. That's the way we feel. 
So the first step on your connection card, I want along with me today at the top, will you just check? I will be open to what is said in today's message. Like, will you do that along with me? I don't know, again, you may be a person that your anger just spills over. You may be a person that just stuffs it all in. And so again, we're gonna be talking to all of us today about what that looks like and what God, I think, wants us to do. Here's the thing, my little boy Drew is four now. And as he's learning to do certain things, we've tried to have a saying around my house and that is this, and I want you to keep this in mind as we go throughout this message. Practice makes progress. Okay, none of us are gonna be perfect. Can we just go ahead and just get that out of the way? Right, practice makes prog perf perfection, none of that. We don't have that in our house. We have practice makes progress. And so I believe that if we continue to learn together what God's word is teaching us and we get accountability in our life and continue to practice, we're gonna see progress. So I'm asking you today to try along with me. So here's three things that I pulled out of Proverbs that I think will help us in taming our temper. Number one, I want you to write this down. Remember the results. Remember the results. Here's back to back two verses that I think are just fabulous in showing us what the results are of losing it, okay? Proverbs 29 and 22 says this, a hot tempered man gets into all kinds of what? Would you circle that, trouble? And then Proverbs 14 and 29 goes on to say, anger causes what? Circle that. It's obvious here that people that get angry and let their anger get out of control do foolish things. In fact, anger is one letter short of the word danger. Would you agree with that? And many times, I know that we probably walked away from situations going, ugh, I can't believe I said that, or I can't believe I did that. Why did I, why did I even let that roll off my tongue? Anger is one letter short of danger. The professional boxer Floyd Money Mayweather. Okay, some of you guys especially may be familiar with him, right? He just had a, a pay-per-view fight a, about a month ago, I know, because Danny was, uh, got together with a bunch of guys and they were gonna watch that. And the thing that he says is so interesting that proves his point. He says, when I fight angry, I make a lot of mistakes. Isn't that amazing for a boxer to say that? I mean, this guy has gone like 50 and 0, right? He's, he's held every major title that there is. And you would think that a professional boxer would need a little chip on his shoulder. You would think a professional boxer would need a little anger inside to win a match. But no, what he's saying is I have to resolve my anger even before I go in the ring. That to fight well, and I think this is so key if we will get this in our minds, to fight right, we have to resolve our anger first. And so remember the results means look ahead. What is this gonna look like on the other side of this outburst that I'm about to have? What is this going to look like? And so when we lose our temper, we always lose. When we lose our temper, we always lose. What do we lose? We lose relationships. We lose friends. We lose our spouse. We can lose our children. We can lose our job. We can lose our spot on the team. We can lose our scholarship. There's a lot of different things that we can lose when we lose our temper. 
Proverbs 11:29 says, the fool who provokes his family to anger and resentment will finally have what? Nothing worthwhile left. When we lose our temper, we lose. There was an article in uh, Focus on the Family magazine. Focus on the Family is an organization that strives to help families, and you can find a lot of great resources online. Um, me being the family ministry pastor here, I, I listen to their podcasts and about parenting and marriage. They're so good, and they're only seven minutes. So you can get a lot, you can listen to a lot in uh, seven minutes over the course of a ride to work. But they did a survey for nine to 12 year olds. And they ask them these very dangerous questions, moms. They ask, what is the thing that you like most about your mom? And what is the thing that you like least about your mom? Now, the first question was varied. There were all kinds of answers. Kids, just, there was a, a, just tons of things that they would say. The interesting part was that the second question, what do you like least about your mom? The majority was the same answer. And it was this, I hate when she screams. I hate when she loses her temper. I hate when she yells. Isn't that amazing? Why do we do that? And I think the short answer is that it pays off, right? I mean, in the immediate, it pays off. The kids are scared, they're shaking in their boots and they're gonna do whatever you want them to do, right? Kind of like that general over the army. But anger alienates. And so we have to be precautious. We have to tread carefully when we feel like our anger is about to boil over. We have to remember the results. And then the second thing that I think that we have to do is not only remember the results, but we have to reflect before reacting. We have to reflect before reacting. Proverbs 29, 11 says it very candidly here. A stupid man gives free reign to his anger. A wise man does what? And he lets it grow what? Would you circle weights and cool? Isn't it very interesting how the phrase cool it came from the Bible? I mean, don't you see it right here? It's a biblical term. And can I tell you today that one of the greatest remedies for anger is delay. One of the greatest remedies for anger is wait. You know, Thomas Jefferson is the guy that said, when you get angry, count to 10. But if you get really angry, count to 100. And then Mark Twain came along and made it comical. And he said, when you get angry, count to 10. You get really angry, cuss. Well, I'm not asking or endorsing or, or suggesting that you do that today, right? Because we want to be people of respect. And I think Pastor did a great job a couple of weeks ago on a sermon called Mastering Our Mouth. And I think it would do us all good to go back and listen to that. But the point is delay whatever you need to do. There was a little girl. She was kneeling by her bed with her hands folded. And her dad walked by and he heard her saying her ABCs. And at the end, she said, amen. And he said, honey, what are you doing? And she said, well, I'm praying. I'm just so mad. I decided just to say my ABCs, and I figured God could take all the letters and make it into the words. He knows what I'm thinking. <laughs> if you need to count, if you need to pray the alphabet, whatever you need to do, 
wives and, and husbands, that would be awesome if you just start saying God, A, B, C, D, they'll know and they'll walk away and God can take all those letters and make them into a prayer, can he? He's big enough to do that. Whatever we have to do to delay, let's do that. And some of us think we can't. Some of us think, well, they just push my buttons. You just don't know who I live with. You just don't know what it's like. I can't control it. But here, yes, you can. Losing our temper is a choice. And I found myself, you know, uh, many of you have heard the story of uh, our adoption story, and I won't go into all that, but leading up to that, it was so stressful. I find my fuse getting shorter and shorter and shorter until finally one day, Danny in his wisdom said, we're not gonna live this way. And I was like, you're right, we're not. It's a habit. It's something that if you allow yourself to do one time, you'll do it again, and you'll do it again, and you'll do it again. It's a choice. It's something that we do. I know all of us have seen portrayed like on a sitcom, or maybe you've lived this out in, in your house, where you're fighting and all of a sudden the phone rings, and what do you do? And all of the yelling and screaming, you, you stop and go, hello. <laughs> we can control it, can't we? We can. Now, can you control getting angry? Maybe not. There are things worth getting angry over, absolutely. But again, we're talking about the response today. We're talking about what is it that you do when we get angry. Proverbs 12 and 16 says this, a, when a fool is annoyed, he quickly lets it be known. But smart people will ignore, will you circle ignore? Will ignore an insult. I know you know these people. For some people, everything is a life and death situation, isn't it? There's just one little thing and they're gonna get angry. They're gonna let you know about it on social media. They're gonna talk about what it is that they're so upset about. But here's the bottom line about those kind of people and what we allow ourselves to be that way is that whatever we get upset about shows the depth of our character. Whatever we get upset about shows the depth of our character. Is it a little that it takes? Is it a lot? What is it? How can we grow our character in order to not be that our fuse is just this, this short or this small? Those of you that grew up like I did maybe in the 80s and the 90s, you might remember, and, and some of you still are into WWE, right? So you probably remember some of these uh, wrestlers that I remember. Uh, Jake the Snake, you guys remember him? All right, I remember every Saturday morning. Ric Flair, right, there you go, there you go. Hulk Hogan, all these guys, right? But now looking back, I, I think that I've come to the, the conclusion that wrestling back then especially was pretty much 80% insults and 20% wrestling. Would you agree with that? I mean, they would just get in the microphone with the announcer and just start cutting each other down and cutting down the girlfriends and all that kind of thing. And they'd be all mad about that. And there was not that much wrestling. It was just insults. And so Proverbs tells us that the more mature we are, the quicker we are to let those things go. Like it's not a big deal. Everything is not a fight. And so we have to learn what to do. Proverbs 19 and 11 says, when someone, someone wrongs you, it is a great virtue to what is that word again? Ignore it. 
Because nobody can make us do anything. Because we say that a lot, don't we? He makes me so mad. He just knows, or she just knows how to push my buttons. But we, when we say those things, it means we're giving control to another person. I was waiting to turn right a couple of weeks ago. And I was waiting to turn right. The car behind me felt that I was not going fast enough for them. And so they blew their horn, which really ticks me off, just to be honest. And so as I pulled out going right, they come up, of course, and speed around me in the other lane just for us to sit at another red light that was 15 yards away. And everything in me wanted to roll down my window and say, really, is that what you were in such a hurry to do? To sit at the next red light? Fabulous. But I didn't do that. Because I thought as sure as I do something like that or let myself go, they'll show up at church. <laughs> and I'll be up talking about taming my temper. And they'll be like, yeah, it was you. So I didn't do that because you know why? It's not worth it. I'm never going to see that person again. And every minute of anger that we have in our lives costs us 60 minutes apiece. Every minute of anger costs us 60 minutes apiece. The more we try to listen, the more understanding we'll be. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I'm really angry, I don't want to listen. It's the last thing I want to do. I want to be mad. And so I've, I've come to understand that the more I listen, the more understanding of Danny I'll be. And the more I listen, the more understanding of Drew I'll be. The more I listen to my teammates or my coworkers or my employer or my employees, the more I listen, the more understanding of them I will be which is the key to controlling anger, by the way, is trying to listen, trying to remain calm by listening. Proverbs 19 11, that we just read, a, a translation of that verse in another way says, a man's wisdom gives him patience. Wisdom gives us patience. So maybe we're not so much searching for patience, we're searching for wisdom in order to learn how to tame our temper. I think God can give us the wisdom to understand how to analyze what it is that we're going through. Why are we so angry? Have you ever asked yourself that question? I've just been like, you know, inside all worked up and, and sometimes I've learned to stop and say, why am I so irritated? And I've come to learn that usually, okay, there's three reasons. And you might want to jot these down to the, to the side. The first one is hurt. A lot of times the reason people are so angry is because they're hurt, maybe physically. Have you ever seen a dog get hurt and he snaps at a person trying to help him? Maybe a person is hurt emotionally, they're angry. Another one is fear. So hurt and fear. I'll tell you this and be as honest as I can be, 99.9% .9 of the reason that I might be irritable or my fuse is that short is because I'm afraid. I'm afraid 
is, is Drew's health okay? Is my health okay? Is Danny okay? Is this going to cost too much money? Um, is this project going to go off okay? Are we going to have enough people to volunteer to help us with this kind of thing? Uh, you know, the kinds of things that you're afraid of at work, at home, with your family. I'm insecure. What's going on in me that makes me mad? Well, I'm probably afraid. And then lastly is frustration. Things aren't working right. It's taking too long. Why am I having to wait so long? Why can't they just understand? Frustration. And sometimes we're frustrated just with ourselves, right? There's a man that joined a construction crew for the first day, and they, they decided they would show him where they eat lunch. And so they would climb up on the high beam of the building, and they would walk out and sit and eat their lunch and kind of look over the city. And the new guy thought, man, this is really cool. Well, he opens his lunch, and he pulls out a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and he goes, I hate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And he just takes the sandwich, and he just throws it down like two or three stories down. Everybody's like, okay, and they just continue to eat their sandwich, do what they're doing. The next day comes back, peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I hate peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, he says. He throws it down again. Day three, same thing. Finally, the guys on the crew go, dude, if you don't like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, why don't you just tell your wife, don't make me peanut butter and jelly sandwiches anymore. And he says, hey, you leave my wife out of this. I make my own lunch. Don't we do things to ourselves like that, though? Like, why am I in this rut? Why can't I get beyond this? Like, the new thing might be better than what I'm doing right now. Comfort, but this is comfortable, right? My peanut butter and jelly sandwich, I know how to do that. Well, let's branch out a little bit, right? Let's get some ham, you know, some turkey. Maybe we won't be as frustrated if we'll step out. Sometimes we just get frustrated with us. So we have to remember the outcomes. We have to remember what's on the other side of our outbursts. We have to reflect before reacting. And number three, we have to restrain our remarks. Restrain our remarks. Because there will be a time that you need to respond. You will need to do that. Everything is not worth a fight. There's going to be people on the street that are going to say things and you, you didn't mean to offend anyone, but they're just going to come up to you and tell you, you know what, you offended me, maybe even a friend. And you know what, you just, I'm so sorry, and you just move on because that is not worth a fight. But there's going to be times, there's going to be injustices, there's going to be a family conflict that needs to be resolved. And so if you've remembered to hold it back and you've reflected on what you're going to say, we got to restrain our remarks now because we have to learn that our words matter. Again, Pastor did a fabulous job a couple of weeks ago talking about this. Proverbs 21 and 23 says, if you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you what. It's very simple. Watch what you say. Because some of us get very sarcastic when we're angry, right? It's like our spiritual gift. Some of us, when we're fighting, we say things like, oh, remember when I asked your opinion? Oh, no, me either. <laughs> so
Some of us will say things to people like, you know, it's people like you are the reason we have to put directions on a shampoo bottle in this country. Right? Cutting words. I mean, we just cut them down to where they are. By the way, why do they put directions on a shampoo bottle? It's lather, rinse, repeat, right? That's it. Three things to do. Anyway, we have to watch what we say. We have to scale the, the sarcasm back. We have to scale the volume down because when we turn down the volume, we turn down the anger. I'm gonna say that two more times. When we turn down the volume, we turn down the anger. When we turn down the volume and the sarcasm, we turn down the anger. Turn it down. Proverbs 15 and one says, a gentle answer quiets anger, but a harsh one stirs it up. Turn it down. Another thing this verse teaches us is that anger is contagious. If I'm angry, you may get angry. If you're angry and I get in talking to you about this and we have the wrong mindset, then, then I, we're all gonna be angry. And so what is it that we need to do? Some of us spill our anger over, some of us push it down. And only your insides are keeping score. You know, uh, ulcer medication and indigestion medication and acid reflux medication, all, that's like a billion dollar industry now. And a lot of times it is what we're eating or hereditary things in our life, that is true. But a lot of times it's not what we're eating, it's what's eating us. It's our stomach keeping score of the things that we're pushing down. So not only am I saying don't get out of control with your anger, but resolve it in the right way as well. Don't push it down. Because here's the thing, God wants to empty us. He wants to empty us of our fear, our frustration, our hurt. And he wants to fill us with love, joy, and peace. Galatians 5.22, when God fills us with his spirit, one of those things that we get is patience. The fruit of the spirit is patience. It's that that God is doing in us to cause us to restrain, to reflect, and to remember all those things. And God wants to fill you. I've got a little preview picture for uh, what Drew and Danny are going to look like for their costumes this year as we're in the fall season. And uh, Drew loves Mario, okay? He's my little four-year-old, and he loves Mario. And so I, they decided, Drew decided that he wanted to be Mario this year, and he decided that he wanted his dad to be Luigi. And I think we have a picture. <laughs> So it's hilarious, right? And Drew's serious about Mario. He's serious about getting the character right because he watches it constantly. He's always asking Pastor Tim about tips, you know, to help him on his Mario game. But one thing that Drew has learned is this, is that when he's playing Mario and it's not going his way, he just restarts the game and starts again. <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're playing along and doing really well. He doesn't care. It's all about him. And so we're trying to teach that when you're playing with others, it's important to consider their feelings. But it's funny when he restarts, he doesn't lose a man. He starts with the powers that he had right away. It's as if it, and it, it never happened. And so today I wanna ask you, 
Do you need a reset? Do you need a reset on taming your temper? Maybe it won't wash away or erase all the mistakes from the relationships. Maybe there's some things you still got to resolve. But maybe you need a reset today. And inside your program, there's a prayer to pray. It's called the Christ Follower Prayer. And today you may say, Jesus, I need you to come into my heart. I need you to forgive me of losing my temper. Forgive me for all my sins. When I don't take others into consideration, I don't want to lose others when I lose my temper. Jesus, help me to follow you. And if that's your prayer today, I just want you to take your connection card and just mark the second box on here that says, today I'm becoming a Christ follower. I want to follow Jesus. I want to do the right thing by him. I want to do the right thing to have the opportunity for the best life that I can have. And then maybe you're here like me today. There's a third box on there that says, I'm asking God to help me tame my temper. I'm checking that box today. Because I lose it sometimes and I don't want to lose them. I don't want to lose people that matter to me just because that makes me feel good for a second. So I'm going to pray for you today and I'm going to pray for me too. And I ask you to stand. And I hope again you'll mark that box on your card. We're going to ask God to help us because we want here at SEC, we want your relationships to be on point. We want you to have the best opportunity for the best life possible, the abundant life that Jesus has promised us. Let's pray. God, thank you for these wonderful people. Thank you for what they, they do every week. They come to church and they, they ask you to help them. They live their lives during the week, striving to be what it is that you've called us to be. Sometimes, God, we mess up. Sometimes, God, we need you to remind us to reflect or remind us to, to think about what it's going to look like on the other side of this outburst or help us to restrain the words and walk away and, and come back. And So, God, today we ask you to, that you would take all these things out of us and that you would fill us with your love and your joy and your peace. God, let your breath and our lungs be your breath. That what is poured out of our lives would be all you. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.